just sounded like snowboarding. I just thought, I'm going to love this. I'm going to do that. And so I had this picture up at the end of my bed for the next four months in hospital. And I think it's what got me up. That was like my dream. I knew I was going to do that. And when I was having a tough time, it lifted me and it gave me some motivation. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Anna Turney on the show. Uh, good morning to you, Anna. Morning, Julian. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you on. I've been looking forward to this uh, interview. I'm uh, just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. You're an executive performance coach and inspirational speaker. And a um, bit of a backstory to you. Back in 2006, you broke your back snowboarding and uh, something you love doing and determined not to be defeated uh, you then decided uh, and I'm sure with some training and everything else become a, a Paralympic ski ski racer and after three years of training you became sixth in 2010 Vancouver Paralympics uh, four years later you finished fourth sixth and eighth for GB uh, for GB's most successful winter at the Paralympics uh, in 2014 uh, at the Sochi uh, Paralympic Games and Today, we'll be exploring a little bit about your story and how that caused you to become more the sort of post-traumatic growth and what it's transformed you into and what you do now. But also that comes part of what you do in terms of working with teams and building resilience and tapping into that. But we, before we go there, Anna, what do you love about what you do? I really love watching people change. So... Um, that comes with a decision usually or a realisation because I think quite often we're not necessarily aware of the things holding us back or the fears we have or um, difficulties and it's, it's sort of raising that awareness and then help, help supporting people to, to find a route and the motivation to actually make change. So change, I mean, that's interesting. You, you like observing it. I mean, you had a massive change a number of years ago. Um, and we talk about decisions there. Just take us back to that moment when it happened. And I guess some of the thinking how you, how that journey started to change for you, your life completely turned upside down. Yeah, I was in, in hospital. I was 26. So felt pretty young and... I'm probably yeah. invincible at that time. Oh, yeah, definitely invincible. <laughs> I'd never <laughs> broken a bone until I broke my back, actually, so I definitely thought I was invincible, although I had been in hospital a few times. But, um, yeah, I was scared. I felt really helpless. I just couldn't see a positive future, really, having been told that I stood 98% chance that I'd never walk again and looking at this wheelchair thinking, how do I live a normal life? How do I work and have a family and enjoy myself if I'm a wheelchair user and disabled I couldn't even say the word disabled um, and then I think the moment that 
instigated the change was a friend came to visit me and he showed me a picture of a guy flying through the, the air on the snow in a well a contraption, I suppose. I didn't even know what it was called, but a special ski, a sit ski that you can ride in if you're paralysed. And I had the opportunity to speak to this guy and he explained just how fun it is. And it just sounded like snowboarding. I just thought, I'm going to love this. I'm going to do that. And so I had this picture up at the end of my bed for the next four months in hospital. And I think it's what got me up. That was like my dream. I knew I was going to do that. And when I was having a tough time, it lifted me and it gave me some motivation. Wow. I mean, it's interesting going back to those moments when you probably felt you, know, you didn't want to hear the word disabled. You didn't want to, you know, you had, was it 98% chance that you were paralyzed? But however, it feels like the 2%, I don't know what that 2% was. <laughs> it seemed very a marginal opportunity there, but I guess pretty bleak at the time, I guess. Yeah, pretty bleak. Although, and I was in Japan, so I didn't have any other spinally injured people around me. I wasn't in a spinal unit. But then I moved back down to the UK to Stoke Mandeville and suddenly I had people around me with similar injuries or worse injuries and that gave me some sort of support you know even if you're spending a lot of time with sort of bantering and they're looking at me with my quite low spinal injury so I broke my back at T11 it's about tummy button height and they're going oh you're just a flesh wound (laughs) nothing wrong with you you know when they've broken their necks or whatever um but it, it's that, having the people around you, I think, it's the team mm. that sort of helps lift you and give you a bit of a laugh and, you know, a bit of support. And everyone's going through the same thing, ultimately. So having that understanding, you know, I suppose like it's like feeling listened to in a way. Mm. That really, and my family was around me and my friends were great. You know, I've had amazing support. And what 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 do you think it was about that inspiration of seeing somebody, you know, skiing on some sort of construction um, that were paralysed? A, what do you th- your friend was it a friend was it who gave you this the picture or a friend showed me the picture? Yeah, yeah. A, what was what do you think was in their head? But also, what why do you think that started to inspire you? What was it about that? What what, what was the, I guess, what was going on in your head that made made you sort of shift? Yeah, well, my friend Corey is a massive snowboarder. So he kind of got me because that was my passion. I wanted to compete for Great Britain in snowboarding. And so he sort of understood me and realised that this was one of the hardest things was knowing that I'd never do that. When I was in, so it was in 2006, during or just up before the Turin Olympic Games, where they had the first Olympic border cross snowboarding competition and I actually watched the girl I competed against in the British Nationals compete in her first Olympic Games and that I mean I was sobbing it was um that was brutal so I think he he got it you know he understood that Mm. I couldn't see how I'd have fun if I because this sport that I loved had been torn away from me and yet he went actually you can can't you will be able to get out to the mountains which Mm. is what it's all about really for me Mm. so that I think that's why that's what picked me up and then I spoke to the guy on the phone and it just sounded so liberating I think I was feeling really trapped and really stuck 
and mm. I couldn't really see a positive future, like being in a hole perhaps. And suddenly they were like, you can do this really cool thing. And I, I don't think I went, right, I'm going to become a Paralympian. I just went, I'm going to have a go at that. That looks awesome. That looks fun. That looks like ev- everything I most love in life. It's almost somebody showing you a, a possibility, isn't it? And almost shared you as a, as a almost a window into something that could be possible, uh, that gave you I guess, a sense of hope and actually, and obviously somebody who knew you well, which obviously helps. Um, how did that turn into from, you know, you know, not going from walking to being paralyzed, which to me is just huge and getting your head around that and the whole lifestyle change with that that comes with that. Then being inspired to go back on the slopes again, whilst in the midst of crying that thinking I could have been competed at the Olympics and all that to then take a journey to go for the Paralympics. I mean, there's some sort of massive shifts there and, and, was the sort of really moments where you were I was rock bottom? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just a, a smooth a sort of journey. And how did you sort of pick yourself back up, so to speak? Yeah, it's taking it day by day, I think, you know. And for me, having that dream that I was going to ride a monoski, a sit-ski, was big, so that lifted me. But also learning to work out how to live life normally so in hospital you're sitting there they're telling you you're going to have to do things differently and people are explaining that some of the concerning worries like if you can't feel your skin you can get skin damage and you have to check your skin and so they're teaching you a lot of new things as well Mm. and you're meeting other people who are out and I mean, there are people who come into hospital for um, backup or the Spinal Injuries Association or other charities usually who come in and teach and educate about about life. And also, more than anything, I think they're role models. So, and I'm friends with some people I met who were coming back into Stoke Mandeville like Mm. that. And that just lifted me. And then also you're having quite normal conversations. It doesn't feel like you're in your hospital in hospital you know you it's horrible being stuck in hospital and you've got the nurses you've got all the um the what are they called like the assistants as well who and the doctors but you don't hardly see the doctors it's the nurses and the day-to-day people Mm -hmm. the people who get set up the kitchen or just the normal people who are working there who really lift your spirits i think Mm -hmm. so being inspired by the role models chatting for me I'm quite social so chatting away to the the staff and getting to know people and having a bit of a laugh and learning I think seeing people come in wearing normal clothes doing normal things working with children or whatever they help me with the day-to-day with picking myself up going actually you know um and the physios and everyone else and also um, I, I was practicing yoga before I went, broke my back. I'd only discovered it a year before, but I loved it. And so when, then when I was in hospital, I'd go and sit on a plinth in the, in the physio room if there, if there was a free one, and I'd just sit down, you know, do my stretches and just sort of take myself away mentally from being miserable, just sort of getting into the moment 
Mm. Sounds a bit cliche, but it's really powerful. Mm. And often when, I mean, whether it's a trauma like you suffered and we can get other traumas, it doesn't have to be a physical thing, it can be a trauma in relationships, it can be a trauma in your business, um, career. And there's there's almost, well, is there a choice? There's almost a choice of whether that turns into a, what they call post-traumatic growth, which is what you've experienced and, and taken something with the sort of meaning of it, has made it more meaningful, I should say. Or we can sometimes go the other way where we become depressed almost ptsd type where they end up being it's a real struggle how do you think from your perspective how you managed to get where you got to and i guess what advice would you give others when they might be facing a trauma it might not be as significant of yours but still it's a trauma it's all relative isn't it how, how can we overcome those things when we're in the face of them i think self-compassion is really important so realizing especially when it comes to failure, you can just sit there and blame yourself. And actually, um, yeah, we need to assess things and work out what went wrong, but we need to learn and grow from it. But it's really important that we're kind to ourselves. And I think I've learned this after being an athlete because I was quite hard on myself when I was an athlete. And I look back and I think, actually, if I'd been a bit kinder, maybe I could have been an even better athlete to myself then maybe I could have been an even better athlete. So I think it's really important to, you know, talk to yourself like a friend would talk to you, not like you're beating yourself up because you're mm. cross with yourself. Um, quite often I talk about dream team routine. They're the three things which have definitely help me build resilience and I work with businesses to help them build more resilient teams working on those three things dream team routine so you know being inspired having something to work towards building your team around you choosing who who you need and then um routine you know the hard work but choosing the routine and including the rest and the, the recovery and all those things that are really key and you know i learned as an athlete i think well let's talk a bit more about that uh, sort of um, dream team and routine and, and it sounds like that you you yourself had this dream given to you a, a picture of a you know another similar to you was, was skiing and uh, that's like a, that's like a dream that's an inspiration isn't it yeah do you think how do we put that in the right context that we don't get I suppose you know I've been in organizations where some people have had a dream or a vision but people just can't grasp because it's just far too big how do we make it that it is inspiring but not overwhelming <laughs> so and it's a difficult balance have you found that with working with your clients in terms of creating that inspiration that's an, it's done in a way that really does cause motivation inspiring and and it's, it's a healthy thing i think it's got to feel possible i think you know the smart goals they're all about realistic and everything else i don't I, I sort of want to move slightly away from that because um, I think it needs to be big enough that it's inspiring. Mm. And for me, I know my, my goals have to be big enough that they're just slightly scary so that I actually do what I need to do to make them happen. Um, but if they're just, you know, if we're going, we want um, a million clients by next year, the staff are going... That, how are we going to do that? <laughs> like, it just I think it can, or whatever it is, like, it can feel demotivating because it 
someone is putting something on you and saying you need to do this and I think if you can't connect with it so how do we make it connectable I think it I think part of it's connecting with your team Mm. so that you can all be on the same page so you can encourage them to build their own goals as well Mm. you know dreams and goals are so much more powerful if you're choosing it you have to choose to try and achieve it. So it might be that you can take a stepping stone towards that big one that someone else has set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's got to be that, as you say, there's got to be an element of possibility, isn't it? It's got to be not, not completely rooted in reality, but there's, there's a, this is possible. There's a lot of things got to happen. A lot of things may have to, you know, like, you know, NASA decided – 1960 to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade that was a, a massive massive vision and perhaps not everybody believed them uh, but obviously the people that were around it did and but that was possible but it's for me i think sometimes it's that going beyond your own comfort zone it's going to new territories and you you were gonna you were inspired by something that yes somebody had gone there ahead of you but actually you hadn't gone there and it was a complete new territory for you, but you, you had an element of that's possible. I yeah, that's def- it's definitely possible for me to get to learn to ski. And then the coach actually said to me, look, I think you have the potential to get to Vancouver 2010, but it's only two and a half years away. So um, it's a lot of hard work involved and everyone else on the whole circuit has skied for longer than you. So um, well, somebody believing you as well that, that helps yeah because somebody saying actually i believe you can do this signals a little bit of boosts confidence doesn't it massively yeah usually i mean i'm quite optimistic as a person which probably helps with me believing in in being able to achieve things but you have to work with everyone don't you um mm. uh, It's a real difficult one because everyone's so unique. But somehow maybe having someone or finding a way to build that inspiration is really key and help people see that it could be possible. Mm. It's it's like the whole climate change thing. We can sit here and feel so depressed and scared and just think how are we going to move forwards positively with with the behaviours of you know the, the big giant companies and the the politicians and everything else, but I've listened to some scientists talking about it in a much more optimistic way, and suddenly it, I think actually I do I, I feel more much more able to get involved with this if there's a bit of positivity than mm. if I'm just sitting here thinking this is terrifying because um, it puts you off wanting to do it. I think if you can see positivity mm. possibility it's a real motivator and it's having people you know i'm not so much on climate change or or man on the moon type scenarios but scenarios where you were inspired that somebody had actually done it or was doing it which meant there's a, that's a possibility and i think you know for whether it's a leader or, or business owner listening to this right now you know if you're looking to go to something bigger than what you are then actually get alongside people who've actually gone ahead of you and done it already and a to be inspired that it's possible but also to 
get some learnings from them how they did it. It's, it makes that it's actually what I'm dreaming here. It's not completely fantasy world stuff. Actually, this is possible. Uh, I remember talking to a client once, and they had a massive vision, and having spent some time with me. I didn't push them, but their their, their, their dream went bigger because <laughs> they they felt things had opened their eyes to certain things of themselves and of what was possible. And actually, they actually went, "Wow, I want to make this even bigger, this dream." And so, actually, having other people around us can really help inspire us. And as you say, your coach saying to you, "I think it's possible to be in two and a half years," which for me feels like breakneck speed, certainly in the world of uh, Olympic sports. So we inspire people with a dream, and then you. You have this thing about team, which is obviously massive in itself. How, what, what do you mean by team in terms of how does that work out in terms of building that sort of resilience within a team? Well, in sport, obviously, you, you may be an individual athlete like I was, but you couldn't do it without a big team around you. And that's not just the physios and the sports psych and the coach and um someone driving you to where you need to be and everything that's and your teammates and the international teammates I mean it goes as big as you want it to go but it's also who do you offload to who do you um have a bit of me time with and just um chill with or have fun with um it's everything um and I think that's the same in any sort of high pressure situation so in business you're, there are all these uncertainties and a lot you can't control, but you choose who, who you want to work with to a degree and ha- how you work with them. And if, if you're with a colleague who you're finding difficult, you know, you choose how, to, how best to manage that and who else you can spend time with. And, um, yeah, I think the, the people around you are so important. Mm. And how do we build teams that, uh, whether it might be a context of a sports team or a um, or a team in a in a business, how do we instill that sense of resilience um, that will keep them going for when things, as you say, the uncontrollable happens, uh, things go wrong, um, and how they navigate those things? Um, what's your experience of working with teams and building that sort of, I guess, agility and resilience? Um, I think, well, COVID and everything, it's sort of knocked us back, hasn't it? And all the uncertainties and the, well, all the uncertainties that have happened, but putting people under pressured situations and, and then looking back at it, getting feedback and um, finding a positive way through and looking at what actually worked. So often we can go, what didn't work? What was wrong with it? What mistakes did we make? Rather than go, hey, what did work? What would we do better next time? You know, and asking for that rather than just dishing it out because you're at the top. Mm-hmm. All of your team will have a slightly different view and have experienced the situation. So let's hear from them. Let's try and work with them rather than just sort of trying to steer them and grow them the way we think we want them to go. Let's use the diversity and use the different experiences that people are coming with because mm. that's how we get better. 
And that's how we learn. And what are the, the lessons that you've learned on, from a, your personal journey that you've now, you instill within your, your, your work you do with, with your clients? Uh, is there anything that sort of stands out and thinking your own personal experience has helped you in navigate this with certain clients or this way of approaching things? Is there anything you saw that struck you? Yeah, there's lots of um, sporting things. I mean, I worked with a coach who was um, quite – I've worked with some amazing coaches. I've worked with a range of coaches who have made me feel like I can do it and um, I'll sit at the top of that hill and it'll look steep and I'll maybe ski – before you ski race, you do a kind of recce, so you slide slowly down the course and you look at – you know you look down at it and you look it up at it and you work out the line you're going to take and where you're going to look if it's a blind turn and you you basically plan it out so it's really calculated risk you might be going at 70 80 miles an hour but um you've been through it in your mind a hundred times and you know exactly what you're going to do so it's not quite as risky as it sounds and sounds risky to me Anna (laughs) (laughs) I say that. Since I've had children, I don't know if I could do it at all. Um, actual ski racing, I could definitely <laughs> ski. Um, but you're working with people, and if it's someone who makes you feel like you can do it, mm. it's like you see the world in a whole different light. Whereas if you've got someone who's going, you, you know, I worked with another coach who was going, you're not doing this, you need to hold that position. Like, all true, and all the same things the other coach was saying, but the way it was being said, mm. um, made me feel totally different. So I thought, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing it right. Why can't I do it? Um, and feel really frustrated rather than thinking, actually, I can do that. But I didn't have a choice of which coach I worked with. So then I decided that every time we did the feedback after a training session, I would only write down the positive things he said. So in my notes, I only wrote down, yeah, good body position down that. And it might have only been one thing, but that's what I would focus on rather than being cross with myself and not being able to get a tight enough line or whatever it was, um, which might sound like I was only listening to half of what he said, but it, it was a way for me to work with someone who mm. I found difficult and get something positive out of it. So and, part of the managing teams thing is working with different individuals, isn't mm. it? And, and finding ways to make it work. Difficult. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you have different coaches and different styles. And and obviously, the, you know, generally the, the premise of a coach is to help you perform better. And that's the, the ultimate thing. So how do we do that with people? The fact that, yeah, you saying some of the stuff that was perhaps it was the way they said it, as opposed to rather than them pointing out the, not the negative, or the improvements. Um, how do we help and get people to a place where they are, they're inspired, but they're also pointed out some ways that they can improve to be, whether that's, whether you're a public speaker, whether you are, you know, leading teams and you're a manager or a leader or you're managing uh, a business, there's always ways of growing and developing. So how, how do we take those lessons you've learned of how you've, you've had lots of coaches in that, that context how do we sort of coach other people and inspire other people to, I guess, develop? Well, have you ever been told to do something repeatedly and then watched yourself and then gone, 
oh yeah, that's what I need to do. Exactly what they've been telling me to do. But until you actually see it on a video, <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to take it on board. You know, if someone's teaching you tennis or um, whatever, and then you see yourself and you go, oh, I'm not doing that. And the poor coach is going, yeah, I've been telling you that for ages. <laughs> um, so I think part of it's helping the person realize it themselves. Mm. So asking is really powerful, you know, asking someone what, what they think and trying to help them think around the issue rather than them taking this passive, you're the boss, I'm just doing what I'm told attitude. Mm. That's got to be one of the key things, building their motivation as well through inspiration so they do feel motivated to do it mm. and like they want to do it. Um, have, having the support, so having teammates, having people around you, knowing you're not on the journey alone mm. and you're all in it together. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You get that realization when you said you watched a video and you suddenly realize, yeah, I'm doing that, <laughs> even though the coach has been saying it for perhaps weeks or even months. I don't know. Yeah, and it's, it's, say, helping people to get those moments, isn't it? That realization. I always do that when I go into a meeting, I always say that, or whatever it may be, that is just not helpful for your impact. Um, and it's getting to that point, isn't it, of that self awareness, isn't it? I mean, we, we, have, we, don't, have, we don't have videos like you would have had slightly different context as your sport, but we're not being videoed all the time as we walk around, although it wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? <laughs> we'd probably see all the all the crazy things we do. <laughs> yeah, within limits. Um, but it's habits, it's not it's noticing. Mm. And that kind of comes back to the mindfulness thing. You know, you sit there and you um, take a breath and then and if you actually watch yourself do it, you might notice how you're breathing, that you're just breathing right up here and you're not relaxed mm. or your shoulders are tense or um it, it's noticing and it's noticing that talk as well the self-talk so you might it, I think slowing down is so important we sometimes do so I work with a charity called the true athlete project and we quite often do like a mindful minute at the beginning of calls where you just stop and mm. everyone just sits for a minute and takes six breaths or whatever and um it just sort of helps you come into the the moment and notice. Mm. One of my students the other day was has been through a lot and was talking about some difficulties and some frustrations he's facing. And he, but I said, look, you're noticing it. You know, just how about every time you notice it, you just stop and take a breath and then, Noticing it seems to me like the first step and mm. then you can make a difference. And if you're noticing that your, um, your habit is to um, go for the biscuit jar when you have a cup of tea or, um, or get irritated by somebody because of something they repeatedly do, just mm. try and notice that and stop for a moment and see what comes of it. Yeah, because often in life we are usually – either racing ahead onto the next thing, whatever the next thing is, or we're thinking about the past stuff we can't change and get depressed about that. Actually being mindful puts you into that, that sounds really obvious, in the moment, in the present, and that's the only time you are fully in control uh, of yourself, but also 
more aware because you're very, as you say, you're aware of your breath. You know, if you're in in the moments and you go into a room and speak to people, you're a you feel very present with people and they feel your presence, which is all even better. Um, but also, as you say, you're aware of things you might do or don't do or other people. I know when I've done mindfulness and then either gone into a coaching call, I'm just far more aware of what's going on and what they've said, certain words they might say or how they're breathing, how their energy is. I'm just a lot more tuned in, aren't we? And I think that's what, what, what it does, really, makes you more tuned in. Yeah, and modern life makes us rush around like crazy and sort of tune out of ourselves and of other people. So if you're not tuned in in that way, how can you connect and in- inspire or grow or find the motivation? Mm. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a rusher, so I mindfulness is great for me because I'm busy, busy, busy all the time, mm. and actually stopping and taking a moment is amazing. And children are really good for that too because they're great at it. Yeah, and playing actually kids playing is is, is it for adults to play yeah. you know jumping in the sea or whatever it may be it's just it's 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 you're in the moment you can't help but be in the moment uh i mean i, I go cold water swimming so i can't you can't not be in the moment with that to be honest um because you're so cold and things but it, it's good for you and you talked about obviously your your dream your, your team in terms of building this resiliency this routine what, what, what does routine, and I also know what routine means, but what does routine mean to you in that context of building that sort of team resilience? I think routine is the science. You know, it's the um, what do I actually need to do to succeed, to, you know, the sort of holistic, align, holistic alignment, like the physical, emotional, spiritual and mental just sort of bringing everything together so that you're okay your well-being's okay physically you're strong enough to do what you need to do emotionally um so depends what you want to achieve but I've started doing a morning yoga and just having that routine of getting up even if my toddler's sort of climbing all over me still just taking a little moment to myself to um wake my body up and try and be in the right place physically and mentally. Um, you know, training as an athlete, you're, you've got someone there who, who knows exactly what you, the best thing to do and what the scientific research says and um, which part of your body you, you need to be fit or balanced or strong or dynamic or whatever. Mm. Um, but in business, it's you need all of those things too to be strong enough. Then there's um, that making a plan and being strategic, which all comes with skiing as well because, you know, you're planning the course you're going to do. You, you know exactly what you're going to eat, what you're going to think about, what you're going to do the night before the race. You're, you're training as you race. So when you're training, you're pretending it's a race and you're doing exactly the same thing. You're mm. getting your kit exactly right so that you're ready on the day. Mm. And you still have all those uncontrollables don't know what the weather's going to do what the it's the same as normal life it all crosses over um so it's so some of it's bringing those things i learned from sport um and some of it's trying really trying to help people find a different way to look at things so i talked about the 
the coach being a bit negative mm. and you can't control you can't change a person really um who doesn't want to change or like who, who has their way of doing things but you can change how you react to it mm. so it's that it's that controllables thing um thinking about what what can i control and that basically that's me isn't it mm. it's almost taking that you talked about the, the dream bit which is the you know inspiration it's the 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 habits, the, the the how to is things you do in your routine, isn't it? To to get things done because you've got to do things to get to the dream. You can't just yeah. you know just sit there on a sofa and dream. You're going to be a a Paralympic um, skier one day. You have to do things and take some action, isn't it? It's not yeah. you know, so you you took some action. You took, you you trained. You you know change your mind as change your mind as well as your as your body. Uh, it there's got to be steps isn't there and it's that and as you say it's that habits and it's that routine and, and it's and it's doing things when and you probably have moments when i'm sure yeah moments when you're thinking i want to i can't do this I, i'm just going to give up on it but and how did you you must have a moment how did you keep going even though you were inspired by your coach who says you can do it how did you how did you carry on when you were training to be you know getting to the olympics what, what 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 sort of kept me going, or what were sort of the, the hacks you've learnt to overcome those difficulties to keep you going? Yeah, well, the routine's really great for that, and the team, and the dream. But um, <laughs> you know, the dream can be a big, inspiring thing, and I would imagine myself on the podium, but only use that as a motivator, not just cling on to that the whole time. Mm. Um, when I, I mean, I had point where I really had struggled I hadn't qualified for what I wanted to call it for world cup and then I just messed up a race and I was really frustrated and I remember downloading and traveling down in the lift from the race beast and ringing my mum whilst I was in Austria and just going I don't want to do that I don't know why I'm doing this I don't really want to do this um I, I just want to come home I sort of offload into her my mum's quite sensible and practical she thought well Anna it's 2013 um the games are next year you know don't do anything rash just um maybe have a day off um so that's the sort of team backing you know mm. having someone you can just go oh, I just don't want to be here and someone who'll help you sort of stay on track um but gently and then, you know, the routine, the, it, it's having a plan, I think. So mm. knowing what you're going to do, if I'm going to the gym, I make sure I've scheduled it. In, I know I'm going to do it the day before. I dress for it. I get up and dress for it because, um, or swimming, even better, because if I put my swimming costume on, mm. um, you know, that basically it's hard to duck out of it. And human nature just wants to duck out of it, doesn't it? Um, mm. Or re rehearsing for a talk or a uh, you know, um, a sales pitch or something. My, you know, I'm kind of going, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. But actually, you've got to somehow force yourself to do it. Mm. Um, there's the reward thing, you know, I'll have a nice cup of coffee after I've done this preparation <laughs> bit. Um, yeah. Because so motiv motivation comes and goes, doesn't it? It's, it, I, I know we, 
I talk about this a lot about intrinsic motivation, obviously aligns your purpose, obviously tends to be more sustainable, but it still fluctuates. And, you know, as much as you had the inspiration you were going for, you basically had a, a rough day and you ranted. And that's, I think that's really healthy to have a bit of a rant. <laughs> this is rubbish. Da, da, da. It's okay. I think it's been real, but I, I've learned to be more, you know, I do this ice cold water thing every day now. And, some days I'm excited and then some days I'm not so excited. <laughs> and actually the mo- more exciting days I am when it's cold or weird and it's nice, bright sunshine. It's more inspirational. It's when it's rainy, dull and cold. It's like, it's just miserable sitting there. And so I've learned actually just, it's just a commitment. I'm committed to do this as a habit, yeah. a discipline, a routine. And it's that, that's what I'm going to do. It's what I do. And that's who I am. Get up, go in and get dry and, and everything else, get ready on for the day. And it's, I think we have to be a bit more like that because my motivation, as we all have it, just comes and goes. And, and it sounds like you, you had that rant with your mum who had some good advice. I'll just take a day off and sort of, and you probably gather yourself. Uh, that's good. In terms of, you know, as we sort of head into this year and you know, we're always facing challenges uh, as, as a business, as individuals, um, what, what, I guess, one big advice would you give in terms of helping us navigate whatever may be thrown at us? You know, this time last year, we, we were just about to hit the Ukraine war and cost of living crisis in the UK or around the world now, I think. Um, we've had COVID. Things are re- relentless and there's always going to be something. Um, and so we need to sort of be able to sort of navigate and overcome that. So what's been your learning and your, and your advice if you're going to tell somebody to sort of how to keep going? Um, I think working out what what works for you. So I have to get up and get out every day, whatever the weather. And it's usually nicer than you think it's going to be, I think. Or, you know, it might be really windy, but actually that wakes you up. Or you can sit there and go, oh, it's really windy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, so sort of trying to find, or, you know, going out in the rain. The dog goes out in the rain. They don't go, or if, you, if you're out and about and suddenly it rains, they don't go, oh, it's raining. I've got to put my hood up. Mm. They just go, oh, there's a bit of rain. <laughs> mm. So finding what works for you, you know, maybe you have to pick up the phone and have a chat to someone, your, your friend once a week or sort of finding the routine things that work for you and whether that's getting up and getting out or um finding what works for you to manage stress I think mm. but yeah the re- like you said you get up and do your cold swimming I get up and make sure we get outside and mm. try and take notice and working together mm. like even if you're the CEO you're at the top you f- may feel like all the pressure's on you and you can't really mm. um, share it or it- it's all on you there are other people you can connect with mm. externally and um, don't just keep it all in, I think. Mm. Find someone to work with so that you can let it out of it because, you know, it's normal to feel frustrated. It's normal to have to feel angry, to feel emotional, to feel sad or whatever. I think we have to let these things come through us and then we can come out the other side um, rather than just 
shoving it away in that old school way that I certainly grew up grew up with. Just put a smile on your face and get on with it. Well, um, to a degree, but equally, letting the emotions happen <clears throat> makes putting the smile back on much easier afterwards. Mm. Yeah, it seems oh, what we've talked about it seems a real thread of this you know, reaching out to people, having people around you, sharing with people. And it seems that how you've, well, probably even before you were you were paralyzed, but certainly since the point you were, it was people around you, whether it's fans, family, coaches, uh, people to inspire you, people to sort of encourage you uh, or just to hear a rant from you, from your mum. And that's, that's okay as well. And I think it's, it feels to me that that's a real significant part of how you can, personally but also within a team context build that resilience um i've really enjoyed talking to you Anna, today it's been great to hear your story and how um, you've overcome and been very successful and continue to uh, grow not only in in terms of your your achievements but in terms of your mindsets uh, and what you're doing um if people are interested in you and want to connect with you what's the best way of doing that so i'm on linkedin Anna attorney um and i'm on social media channels ski race anna brilliant well thank you for your time today thank you so much and for all of your podcasts i love what you do thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you do like this episode then please do rate review and share with your friends and colleagues as a coaching practice we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions will help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Mm-hmm.